ladies and gentlemen, welcome back in to the Lunch Table Kings podcast. I'm your host, Max Holtzclaw, and once again, we'll be breaking down the week 13 matchups before diving into the final week of the regular season, fantasy season that is, and previewing that as well as previewing the playoffs as that's starting next week. So without further ado, let's dive right in and see how things are looking in the Lunch Table Kings League. So as always, we're going to start things off with the highest scoring team from the previous week's matchup, and that would be Brandon, who was able to score 164.8 points as he beat Drew at 131.2 points. Brandon was led thanks to the stellar plays from Dallas Goddard at 28.5 and Dave Montgomery at 28.1. Goddard benefiting from the Gardner Minshew start, getting a couple of touchdowns. Montgomery getting a lot of workload against the Arizona defense. Also was able to get 24.3 points from Jonathan Taylor, and 22.2 from Leonard Fournette, two prime candidates for fantasy football's MVPs this season. Brandon was also let down with some play from Amari Cooper, for example, at 6.1, a little bit of a letdown from Jamar Chase at 10.2, and then his quarterback play was slightly let down with Joe Burrow getting 16.6, but overall a great week, obviously amassing the highest points in the week. On Drew's side of the ball, he was led thanks to the monster performance from George Kittle at 39.6 points. He also got 22.1 from Antonio Gibson, continuing his hot run of form. And then he was even able to get a nice 18.5 from Lamar Jackson, the slight bounce back from his previous game. Drew did have a couple of single-digit performances, which helped to create the loss for Drew's team. Portland Sutton really continuing a bad run for him at 3.5 points. from Chase Claypool, 7.7 from Darnell Mooney, and 7.8 from Ramon J. Stevenson. The next matchup to take a look at was Bailey, who was able to come out on top over Russell in a very important matchup for both teams. Bailey won at 162.1 compared to Russell's 143.1. Bailey was led thanks to Justin Jefferson's big day at 35.6 points. Definitely helps when Adam Thielen leaves the game early. Justin Herbert also got him that 30.2 points. Good switch considering Jalen Hurts was out to go into that game. So good play by Bailey there, able to get his other quarterback in. He also was able to get 21.9 from Sony Michelle in a spot start. And Elijah Moore got 20.6. Bailey did have some down performances from Travis Kelsey only at 5.7. Ezekiel Elliott on Thursday night at 6.7. And then Jamal Williams in that lone back roll that we were expecting. Only got nine points. On Russell's side of the ball, he was led thanks to Chris Godwin's monster game, amassing 15 catches, getting 30.2 points. Gronk had a couple touchdowns to get 21.8. And Devontae Freeman had a stellar performance at 20.7 points. Russell was let down, though, because Brandon Cooks only got 8.4 points in a game where the Houston Texans scored zero touchdowns. And Joe Mixon only was able to get 9.4 points against that Chargers defense where you expect him to be able to run the ball very efficiently. He also was let down by Josh Allen's 13.7, but Josh Allen was playing in a blizzard, so it was difficult to throw in that game. The third match we take a look at was myself going up against Chet. I was able to come out ahead at 156.8 over 99.4. I was led thanks to the strong second-half performance from Deontay Johnson getting Thirty and a half points. Also, Javante Williams in his lone backfield role got twenty nine point eight points as well. 
I was able to get 24 from Josh Jacobs and then a solid 21.7 from Tua Tagovailoa. However, Tyreek Hill only managed 4.2. Terry McLaurin only got 5.2. And Stephon Diggs, again in that blizzard, only was able to get 9.1 points. Chet's team was led with no 20-point scores. His highest performance was from CeeDee Lamb on Thursday night at 19.2 points. After that, it was 16 points from Mike Williams and then 15.7 from Najee Harris. Some letdowns as Devin Singletary only got 3.6 in a game where you were anticipating the Buffalo Bills to run the ball a lot. Foster Moreau, who got the spot start because of Darren Waller's injury, only managed to get 4.4, so a letdown there. And Kenny Galladay only got 6.7 as he left with another injury once again. Also, Patrick Mahomes only managed 11.4 points in a game where they won decisively over the Denver Broncos. And then that brings us to the final match of the week. The closest matchup came down to Zach versus Connor, where Zach came out ahead 133.7 to Connor's 132.3. Very tight matchup came down to the Monday night performance. Zach was led thanks to Keenan Allen's 22.4 points. He also got 19 from James Connor. 19 from Hunter Renfro, and then 17 from Damien Harris on Monday night, which is what pushed him over the edge over Connor. Zach did have a couple of struggles this week. He had Miles Gaskin only get 6.9 points. Mark Andrews hit single digits, and then Dak Prescott was below expectations at 12.1. Connor was led thanks to Tom Brady's stellar stellar performance once again. The QB won this season, really shining bright. At 35 and a half points. He also got 26.9 from Cooper Cup, the wide receiver one this season. Alexander Madison and his spot start over the injured Dalvin Cook. And then a couple 17 points from Austin Eckler and Michael Pittman Jr. Connor only was able to get one point from Adam Thielen, who left due to injury. 1.8 from Matt Breida, who again just did not have a role in this game, especially without the passing work. Only managed one carry for three yards, one catch for five yards. Two and a half from James Robinson, who had an early fumble and then was out of the game inexplicably before Carlos Hyde, I believe, fumbled and then was able to get back in the game. I don't know. And then, of course, Kyle Pitts with a bit of a disappointment at 8.8 points. So that's how week 13 unfolded, heading into the final week of the fantasy regular season. So 13 weeks have come and gone, and let's take a look and see how the league is shaken up from those 13 previous matchups. In first place in the studs division, we have myself at 9-4. and four. Brandon is right behind me at 8-5. and five. Bailey right behind him at 7-6. and six. And then Drew at 2-11, and 11, completely eliminated from playoff contention. In the pros side of the ball, Connor is at top at 8-5, and five, alongside Zach at 8-5. and five. The tiebreaker going to Connor due to the points for category. Russell is at 5-8, and eight, and then Chet is also at 5-8. and eight. Coming down to whoever wins their matchup this week will make the playoffs. Speaking of playoffs, let's take a look and see what the playoffs are looking like right now. So in the one seed, I am currently holding that at the 9-4 spot. If I win this week, I will have the first round bye and the first seed going into the playoffs. Connor, being the winner of his division right now, holds the number two seed. Again, coming down to the matchup of if he wins this week, he will hold on to that title as well. In the three seed is Zach at eight and five. 
him and Connor are split on that. It will come down to if Zach needs to win and then needs Connor to lose in order for him to get that first round by. And the four seed is Brandon at eight and five. He will need myself to lose and he needs to win. And then he still needs to make sure that he is outscoring me in the points four category in order to get that first round by since we split our two matchups this season. Bailey is in the five seed, 100% in the playoffs now after beating Russell last week. At seven and six, he needs to win and then needs Brandon to lose. And then he needs to outscore Brandon as well in order to move up to the four seed. But Bailey is 100% going to be in that four five matchup. And then in the six seed currently is Russell. Russell at five and eight, along with Chet, has holds the tiebreaker due to their one matchup so far this year. And then he does have more points for as well. However, Chet is at the seventh seed at five and eight as well. And they do play each other this week. So it does come down to the winner of this matchup will move on to the playoffs. The other one will be in the constellation bracket alongside Drew. So now we're going to take a look into the final week of the regular season matchups, the week 14 matchups. And we'll start with the marquee one of the week, which is the one I've alluded to all podcast episode. And that is Chet versus Russell. The winner of this matchup will take the sixth seed into the playoffs. Loser will be in the constellation bracket playing against Drew. So we're going to start with Chet's team as he started off with a 25.4 head start on the week all coming from Najee Harris on Thursday night against the Vikings. And we'll highlight Patrick Mahomes going up against that Las Vegas Raiders defense. Patrick Mahomes kind of been in a struggle lately. His past six matchups, he has not scored over 15 points except for once. But that one matchup was against the Las Vegas Raiders in Week 10, scoring 46 points, actually. So we'll see what Mahomes can do and... We'll see if he can continue that hot run against the Las Vegas Raiders. The next name to kind of highlight is CeeDee Lamb going up against that Washington defense. CeeDee Lamb, wide receiver 17 right now on the season. Been in a hot, cold run of form lately, going a bit of back and forth. Uh, if that trend continues, it will be a cold week as he scored 19 last game against the Saints. 4.4 against the Chiefs before that. 28 against the Falcons. And then 4 against the Broncos before that. So hopefully he can right that ship and just continue a hotter run of form. Washington defense has been better as of late. However, they haven't faced a wide receiver core as good as the Cowboys in this little run of games that they've been winning. And then the final name to kind of highlight is Mike Williams going up against that Giants defense. Mike Williams currently out on COVID list, I believe, right now uh, due to close proximity. Um, But... Should be back in time for Sunday's game. Keenan Allen is out with COVID-19 as he did test positive. Mike Williams has been testing negative so far. But we'll see if Herbert throws him the ball. It could be a Jared Cook game. Could be a Jalen Guyton game. Could be Josh Palmer getting in line for more work. Mike Williams being the most talented receiver in that core. I expect him to get a lot of work against that Giants defense still. One minor thing to note is that Chet is without a tight end currently. But he did pick up Tyler Higby due to Darren Waller going to be out on Sunday. So most likely we'll see Tyler Higby in Chet's tight end spot. On Russell's side of the ball, we're going to highlight Josh Allen for him. Going up against that Tampa Bay defense, Josh Allen currently QB3 on the season, coming off of a 
bit of a rougher game, uh, all things considering it was in a blizzard, so can't really look too much on that game. But Allen's been pretty solid as of late, excluding last game. His previous five matchups hadn't scored below 18 points except for once, which was in that Jacksonville disaster of a performance where the final score was 9-6. to six. So Allen's been pretty solid as of late. The Tampa Bay pass defense, nothing incredible this season. We'll see what happens with Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. Alvin Kamara will be back. He is finally going to be back after missing the past couple of weeks, the past four weeks, in fact. And he gets a lovely matchup against the New York Jets. The Jets, as I mentioned before, is the worst run defense possibly in fantasy history. So, Alvin Kamara, what better way to get back on track than against the New York Jets? And then the final name to take note of is Chris Godwin going up against that Buffalo defense. Godwin coming off of a monster performance. In fact, he had 15 catches for 143 yards and no touchdowns. So, I am curious to see just what Chris Godwin will do. Notre Davis White for the Bills right now due to his torn ACL out for the season. So, should be a more favorable pass defense for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Could be a very high-scoring game in Tampa Bay on Sunday. This is the most important matchup of the week. One to take huge note of. Uh, playoff implications all along the line in this matchup and in other matchups, but this is the one I'm most curious about seeing this week. The next matchup to take a look at, however, we're going to take highlight the Brandon versus Zach matchup. Both teams at 8-5 and five with playoff implications on the line, as I said. If Brandon wins and I lose, Brandon will most likely move into the first round bye and will win his division. If Zach wins and Connor loses, Zach will get the first round bye and will win his division. So both teams need a win and a loss from the person that's currently in front of them. But it's very possible. And we'll highlight... Both teams with no players on Thursday night. We'll go ahead and highlight Brandon's team first. He's going to be starting Taysom Hill against that New York Jets defense. Taysom Hill, the quarterback cheat code for fantasy football. In fact, last week he scored 20.5 points while throwing for 46% of his passes were completed, only getting two passing touchdowns and four interceptions. But the big key was he had 101 yards on the ground. Still managed to get 20.5 points. I'd expect another strong performance from Taysom Hill because when doesn't he perform well? Another thing to keep note of, Leonard Fournette going up against that Buffalo Bills defense. Fournette, RB5 on the season. I uh, didn't think we'd be saying that in the year 2021. But here he is just dominating. And I'm expecting some more domination. Even with that Bills defense, Leonard Fournette just gets the ball. He is the most trusted running back in that Buccaneers de- or Buccaneers offense. And the final name to take note of is right now, Brandon has Debo Samuel and his flex. Debo is questionable going into the game. So we'll see if he plays or not. But Debo is the wide receiver four on the season. Been absolutely stellar this season. Uh, After missing last week, we'll see if he can perform the Dalvin Cook miracle and get back out there, even though he's expected to miss more than one week. On Zach's side of the ball, it's going to be a little tough to gauge what's going to happen because Zach has two players listed as buys with Miles Gaskin and Damian Harris. And then Keenan Allen is out on the COVID IR, will not play on Sunday. So we'll see what Zach manages to put together on Sunday morning. However, with the players he does have in there, 
we're going to highlight Dak Prescott going up against that Washington defense. Uh, I mentioned earlier with the CeeDee Lamb argument how they just the Washington defense has been good as of late, getting a four-game win streak going, but they haven't played an offense that's quite as potent as the Cowboys lately. So we'll see just what that Washington defense does on Sunday. Dak Prescott coming off of a bit of a down performance with 12.1. Should be in line for a better performance against Washington this week. The next name to highlight is DK Metcalf against that Houston defense. Metcalf, since Russell Wilson's return, has not been great. He was able to get double digits for the first time since Russell Wilson's return from injury last week. Only at 11 points. Uh, Has not scored a touchdown since week eight where he scored twice against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we'll see if he can get a touchdown going up against the Houston defense. Houston, a terrible defense. So if it's going to be sometime, it better be this week. And then the final name to take note of is in the flex spot, it's Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro has been a mainstay in fantasy lineups this season. Been absolutely fantastic. A top 20 receiver coming off of a 19.2 performance against that Washington defense. 9 for 102 on 10 targets. So we'll see what he can do going up against Kansas City defense. Uh, in the Week 10 matchup against Kansas City, Hunter Renfro did go out and put up 7 for 46 and a touchdown. And so I think Zach would want to see more of the same on Sunday and what could be a high-scoring matchup as these two teams always seem to go toe-to-toe with each other. The third matchup to take note of is Connor going up against Bailey. Connor has zero points coming in from Thursday. Bailey with 20.5. All of that coming from Justin Jefferson. And so we'll go ahead and highlight Bailey's team to start. As I said, 20 and a half from Justin Jefferson, a good start on the week. We're going to also highlight Travis Kelsey in the tight end spot. That same Vegas-Kansas City matchup. Uh, Kelsey's still the tight end one on the season, even after a bad scoring performance last week where they managed to get 5.7 points. But Kelsey's been very solid this season, as always. Should be in for a good matchup. He just loves to play the Raiders. In fact, in Week 10 against the Vegas Raiders, he went 8 for 119 and scored 19.9 points without scoring a touchdown. So could be in line for another big performance against the Vegas Raiders. Another name to keep note of is Daryl Henderson on Monday night against the Arizona Cardinals. Currently questionable. Uh, was a limited participant on Friday's practice. So it's going to be interesting to see if he does play. And if he does play, if it's going to be Sonny Michelle, who in fact gets most of the work after missing last week with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Henderson's been pretty good this season. In fact, he's RB16 on the season. Um, but I'm just wondering what's going to happen with his role in the offense after seeing Sonny Michelle do so well last week. And then the third name to take note of is Elijah Moore going up against that Saints defense. Elijah Moore also questionable going into Sunday's game, most likely to play the 30th best receiver after a slow start on the year. Really come alive as of late, scoring 20.6 last time out against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the Saints don't like to guard the slot, which should be Jameson Crowder, but Elijah Moore could follow into the slot role a little bit in this matchup. Could be in for a decent game for Elijah Moore. Again, one minor note to take note of is that Bailey has Jamal Williams in his flex spot right now. Jamal Williams is going to be out on Sunday. So assuming he makes that cho- that change, I'd expect maybe Van Jefferson 
or J.D. McKissick to take that role for his matchup this week. On Connor's side of the ball, he's going to be led with Tom Brady, of course, the number one quarterback, as I mentioned previously, going up against that Buffalo defense. Again, I just think it'll be a high-scoring game. I want a piece in this game altogether. Another name to take note of is the number one receiver in fantasy, Cooper Cup, averaging 25 points per game this season. Uh, Monday night against the Arizona Cardinals, a division matchup. Could be in for a big game. Could be in for a high-scoring game. We'll see. But Cooper Cup is locked and loaded into the fantasy lineups. And then the final name to take note of is I want to see what James Robinson does. James Robinson apparently suffered an injury in last week's game, and that's why he missed some time, allegedly, according to Urban Meyer, but what does he really know? And so he is coming into Tennessee's game this week with no injury designation, however. So James Robinson should be in line for a full workload, assuming he can hang on to the ball, as that has apparently been a bit of an issue this season. And as soon as he seems to fumble, it seems like he is immediately replaced by Carlos Hyde, who is not as good as James Robinson at all. So we'll see what happens with James Robinson in Tennessee on Sunday. And then the final matchup take note of is myself and Drew, both of us having Thursday night players. Drew had Chase Claypool come out and get 17 and a half points on Thursday. I had three players on Thursday with Dalvin Cook putting up a stellar 35.2, Deontay Johnson at 15.3, and then Pat Fryermuth at 11.2 which brings the match currently 61.7 to 17.5. So highlighting my team first, with only six players left to play this week, we're going to take a look and see what Kyler Murray does on Monday night against the Rams. Kyler returned to action last week after missing three games and put up a strong performance against the Bears, 34.7 points, his third best performance, and his best performance since week two this season. So we'll see what he does against the Rams in a divisional matchup. Earlier this season, in L.A., uh, Kyler put up 26.5-point fantasy points, going for 268 yards on the ground, or on the air, excuse me, and two passing touchdowns. So we'll see if he can do more of the same. The next name to take note of is Tyreek Hill in that Vegas-Kansas City matchup. I've highlighted it before. Uh, that's another game I want a part of. I think it'll be a high-scoring game. These two teams love to go head-to-head against each other. Last time out against the Vegas Raiders, Tyreek Hill put up 27.5 points his second highest, or his third highest on the season, excuse me, going 7 for 83-2. and two. So I'm expecting another big game from Tyreek Hill and the Kansas City Chiefs offense as a whole. And the final name to take note of is Terry McLaurin going against that Dallas defense. Uh, Dallas has been pretty solid this season on the defensive side of the ball, actually. Terry McLaurin, the 20th best receiver in fantasy, had some struggles this year. Uh, definitely not what you'd expect when you drafted him given the Taylor Heineke switch to quarterback because of Fitzpatrick's injury. So we'll see what happens with Terry McLaurin. Uh, a bit of a streaky player this season. On Drew's side of the ball, I've highlighted Chase Claypool coming out and getting 17.5 points. We also highlight Lamar Jackson against that Cleveland defense. Lamar has not been good since that Miami game. Uh, it feels like since Miami has kind of brought to light just how much Lamar struggles against the Blitz. Feels like more defenses are really doing that. Last time out, he scored 18.5 points against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then earlier this season against the Cleveland Browns, two weeks ago actually, was a 7.4 performance. 
So we'll see what happens with Cleveland if they can stifle him again or if we see more vintage Lamar. Another name to take note of is Saquon Barkley against the Chargers defense. The Chargers do that run funnel defense. So I'd expect a bigger game from the running backs, in particular Saquon Barkley. Saquon has been a letdown this season, missing a good chunk of games, basically from week five through week 10. Missed all those games, uh, leaving early in week five. And then has been slow coming back since then. So I'd expect more of a vintage Saquon game in this game against that run funnel Chargers defense. And then the last name to kind of take note of is George Kittle against the Cincinnati defense. George Kittle coming off of his best game in a hot minute with 39.6 points. Uh, We'll see if he gets more of the same against the Cincinnati defense. If Debo does, in fact, play, I'd expect it to come back down to earth more as Debo has been controlling the offense a lot more in Shanahan's uh, offensive scheme. But if he is out, could be in for another big George Kittle day. So that'll wrap up this week's edition of the Lunch Table Kings podcast. I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening to me ramble on about our league all season long. We are so close to the playoffs. Every matchup this week matters with so many playoff implications on the line, especially that Chet Russell matchup. Winner of that one will move on to the playoffs in the sixth seed, most likely taking on one of Zach or Connor, it would seem. So thank you again for tuning in. And good luck, everyone, in this final week of the regular season.